0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al Zane and Brian. Is Christian McCaffrey the most valuable running back in the NFL? I'm Al Sacco with you, 49ers Web Zone, no huddle podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. Saw a stat last week, I was reading an article on ESPN and they were talking about rosters and they had some really interesting stuff about Christian McCaffrey that got, got me thinking. And I was always on team, don't pay running backs. Thought they were kind of a dime a dozen, you can get a lot of production in a lot of different places and I think for the most part that's still true. It's why you see teams, they're not really willing to give big contracts to running backs because they typically don't last very long. In their late 20s, you see production dip just because of the brutality and the wear and tear of the position. And there's a lot of good running backs out there and a lot of system fits. We've seen it with Kyle Shanahan. Where there's been a lot of good system fits for him. Matt Breida was a good system fit. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, these guys were good system fits, not necessarily – a Delvin Cook, Nick Chubb type runner. They were they were just really good in the system. And you're seeing um, this same right now with the Dolphins with the way Moster and um, Wilson are doing there. So running backs to me, it was always like, all right, you can kind of find somebody, especially in a system like Kyle Shanahan's. But then I kind of saw Christian McCaffrey play, and we we knew Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers. But a lot of it is fantasy football stuff. I mean, how much do people really watch? Panthers. They're not on TV a lot. I don't think they have a huge fan base across the country. So a lot of people are not really watching every Panthers game. We just know McCaffrey from highlights and and his stats and fantasy. And he was amazing. He put up, he put up phenomenal stats. I'll talk about some of them in in a minute, but I didn't really appreciate what he can bring to a team until I watched him week in and week out playing and play out what he brought to the 49ers. And in this article I read on ESPN, they had a tweet from Mina Kimes who put some numbers out there the 49ers offense pre Christian McCaffrey they were 21st in DVOA they were 19th in EPA per play 26th in QBR and 10th in yards per attempt this is pre Christian McCaffrey in 2022 post McCaffrey first in DVOA first in EPA second in QBR second in yards per attempt now there was a QB change as part of that too but McCaffrey coming in listen this was a team that going back to 2021 had scored 30 points or more in two of 16 games from 2021 through when McCaffrey came in in 2022. Now, once McCaffrey was inserted into the starting lineup, so the Rams game, they broke 30 points in eight 13 games. That's not a coincidence. It's crazy. And listen to this stat. McCaffrey averaged about two yards per route run with a 26.6% target rate with the 49ers which is about the same as what Garrett Wilson did in the same time frame with the jets. That was also in the ESPN article. And you add so McCaffrey is that prolific of a receiver. And then you add in that he had another 159 carries for 749 yards with the 49ers. He's just, his value is incredible. And McCaffrey is a dude who does, does everything. Going back to the Panthers, 2018 is 19 seasons, just insane. 2018. He had 219 carries, uh, 1,098 yards, five yards per carry. He caught 107 passes for 867 yards. So that, that was a total of 1,960 yards, 13 total touchdowns, and his yards per touch was six, which is tremendous for a running back. 2019, he carried the ball 287 times for 1,387. Caught 116 balls for 1,005 yards. His totals that year, 403 touches, which is a ton. 5.9 yards per touch, 2,392 yards, 19 touchdowns. He led the NFL in touches, yards from scrimmage, and um, total touchdowns. Now, the next two years, he only played 10 games um, combined in 2020 and 2021, and he's only 25 years old at that point. And that's where you say, okay, is the wear and tear, has it happened? Is he, is he on the way down? But he, he responded again, and he bounced back in 2022. He played the whole season his totals were 244 carries 1139 yards and he caught another 85 passes for 741 yards so 329 touches 1880 yards 5.7 yards per touch and 13 total touchdowns and oh by the way he threw a touchdown pass too and with the niners again you know he 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 was phenomenal as as we know so i'm really looking forward to seeing him for a full season but is he the most valuable running back in the nfl i literally went team by team because i was like are there any dudes that are even on his level. Anybody, anybody. So I'll take you through it. The Dolphins, we know about Wilson, terrific player in the system. Raheem Mostert. I mean, Jeff Wilson had 4.9 yards per carry and 160 yards this year. He's a good running back. Um, they both get hurt. The Dolphins brought in um, Devin A. Chain, I think it's how to say his name in the draft, and we'll see how he is. But it seems like they're more system guys on that team. I don't think there's anybody there who's elite. The Bills have James Cook who could take a leap in his second year, but he couldn't really get a grasp on the job last year. They brought in Damian Harris, who's a good power runner. He scored 15 touchdowns in 2021. But again, both of those guys are just kind of kind of dudes right now. Jets have Brees Hall, and he looked like an all-pro before he got hurt. So he's maybe one guy that you say, okay, can Brees Hall maybe enter that elite category? So I'll put him in the maybe category. And you're like, Al, Reese Hall, really? Well, yeah, he was averaging 5.8 yards per carry when he got hurt. The Jets were 5-2 and two with him playing, even with all those QB issues. So I want to see a full year from him. The Jets were a different team without him. I think he could maybe be in the elite category, maybe. Patriots have um, Stevenson, who kind of fumbles a lot, but other than that, he's a solid runner. Uh, he's got upside he's got to he pre- caught 69 passes last year. He'll probably be the lead guy this year and get most of the touches, which which they rarely do. Have, have a you know one dude in, in um uh, New England. They usually have a timeshare, but it looks like he's gonna be the guy. But I'm not putting him in lead by any stretch of the imagination. Go over to the, to the FC West. Josh Jacobs had a great season. 340 carries, 653 yards, 12 touchdowns. He added 53 catches. He's currently they franchise tagged him. We'll see if he gets a new contract. That screamed contract year to me for Jacobs. And honestly, you get a guy who touches the ball that much, feel like he's going to get hurt the next year. So did he have an elite season? Yeah. Do I think he's an elite running back? That remains to be seen. I, I, I don't know that we could really put him there. Denver, we we liked Javante Williams, and we thought he could be a good player. He got a serious knee injury. We have no idea how he's going to bounce back. It looks like a Samadji Ryan might end up a lot of the carries there, so that's certainly not an elite situation. The Chargers. Austin Eckler might be a special dude. He was targeted on more than 28% of his routes and averaged 1.8 yards per route over the past two seasons. Um, that's actually not too far off from DK Metcalf. and We just talked about what McCaffrey did in that regard. So Eckler's right up there with him. And next-gen stats um, is, had that Eckler gained 198 yards after the catch more than expected over his past two seasons. He's got 177 catches the last two years. He's 28, but I'm absolutely putting him in the elite category now i think the chargers they're going to come and go as justin herbert goes niners don't have a quarterback situation like that but to say eckler is an elite right now i think would be a little bit crazy i think i think he's right up there casey has uh Checo, who gained 830 yards 4.9 yards per carry as a rookie a power back he's you know facing white boxes <laughs> with patrick mahomes doesn't seem like he's an elite guy although he had a good year uh afc south travis etn he averaged 5.1 yards per carry and gained over 1,100 yards rushing. And he actually generated 234 yards over expected, which is the second most of any back behind Nick Chubb. We'll see how he is if he enters the elite range. But again, he just seems like a good back. He's not on that McCaffrey level. Jonathan Taylor, amazing for the Colts in 2021. He had over 1,800 yards, 20 total touchdowns. But 2022 shows just how difficult it is to maintain that kind of level of play. He missed six full games with injuries. He only scored four touchdowns. Uh, He still averaged 4.5 yards per carry, but that was down from his elite season, 5.5. Still good, saying when you look at how bad the Colts' offense was. Um, But is he an elite back? I'll put him in the maybe, because right now we really only have one season of him having elite production. And he did kind of carry the Colts that year. But we'll say maybe for him. Another guy I would put in the McCaffrey... Elite range, you got to go with Derrick Henry, and I know he's getting older. He's on the maybe, maybe getting on a decline of his career, but you got to say he's still elite. Three of the last four years, he's carried the ball over 300 times for 1,500 plus yards. He had over 2,000 in 2020. He has 68 rushing touchdowns over the last five years on an offense that doesn't scare you anywhere else. So to me, Derrick Henry is absolutely in that elite range of of runner, and different than Christian McCaffrey because. Henry's going to kill you on the ground, and McCaffrey's a good runner, but McCaffrey adds in that receiving element. Henry doesn't do that, but Henry's dangerous in in other ways, with just running the ball and being able to carry the offense like that. Houston, um, Damian Pierce looked every bit like a starting running back to me. They bring in Devin Singletary. Pierce is a good back. I I don't see him in the McCaffrey, McCaffrey range. Go over to the AFC North to finish out the AFC. Joe Mixon and Cincy, he might even be a cap casualty this year. He's a good back. I don't think he's ever been anything special for Pittsburgh. Najee Harris is a bell cow, but he hasn't really done much for being a first round, first round pick 3.9 yards per carry and actually among 25 running backs with 300 or more carries over the past two seasons. Najee ranks last in yards per carry rushing yards, over expected success rate and EPA per carry. So Pittsburgh hasn't exactly had good quarterbacks with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger and Kenny Pickett is a rookie who, People are really high on him. I don't know. He didn't show me too too much. I don't think Pickett. We'll see how he does in year two. But Najee's nowhere near elite. Baltimore has a lot of guys. J.K. Dobbins is a good runner. Never healthy. Um, Gus Edwards will get some carries there. But I think they benefit from playing with Lamar Jackson, not elite. Another one I'm going to put with McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb might be the best pure runner in the NFL. Chubb is unbelievable. And when you consider his, he's been so consistent. So, according to, I read this on ESPN, over his five seasons, he generated 1,212 rushing yards over expectation. The only running back within 500 yards of that figure is Derrick Henry. He had 1,034. His 41st downs over expectation across that stretch are nearly double anybody else's. Henry's at 22, Jonathan Taylor's at 13, and nobody else comes close. So, he's not a huge receiving threat. Um, But again, as a pure runner, as a running back and what he means to the team, I'm going to put him in the Christian McCaffrey elite category. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So in the AFC, I have two maybes. Maybe Brees Hall can get there. Jonathan Taylor, you can argue, maybe. And then I think you've got three elite guys over there at Eckler, Henry, and Chubb that I would put in the Christian McCaffrey range. Going over to the NFC, I'll still put Delvin Cook. I know he got caught by the Vikings, but I'll still put him in with the Vikings. He was elite at one point. I definitely think he's, he's on the downside of his career. He's regressing. Um, He's not the runner he was. So I'm not going to put him in elite right now. And Alexander Madison looks like he's ready to take over that job. And he just wasn't very good last season. He averaged 3.8 yards per carry. He didn't do much as a receiver and he averaged negative 0.6 yards over expected carry. So he might be a good fantasy back because he, maybe he'll get some volume in Minnesota, but I I, I know nowhere near elite. Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs, who looks like he'll be more of a pass catcher, and they have David Montgomery, just, just, just kind of dudes. We'll see We'll see what Gibbs ends up being. We don't know yet. Chicago is just, again, kind of a bunch of guys. Dante Foreman, who did a good job replacing um, Christian McCaffrey in Carolina last year. R- Rashawn Johnson, Khalil Herbert, nobody there that really excites you. Green Bay, I know Aaron Jones, he had some fumble issues last year. He fumbled five times, but he's criminally underused and underrated, and I don't think the fumbles were the norm with him. It was just maybe one of those fluky seasons. Um, But he's averaged over five yards per carry for his career, and he's a terrific receiver. A.J. Dillon's a good compliment to him, but I think they need to use Aaron Jones a lot more. But I think Aaron Jones is in the very, very good category. I'm not going to put him, certainly not going to put him in the Christian McCaffrey elite category, but I think Jones is criminally underused and really good. And he, I think he can knock on that door. I think he's that good if he was given the opportunities. Uh, let's look at the Falcons. Tyler Algier may have had the quietest 1,000-yard rookie season in NFL history. I don't even think people know that he gained 1,000 yards last year. But Atlanta couldn't have thought he was very special because they went out and drafted Bijan Robinson, who was maybe just too good to pass up for them. And he's coming into the, the league with the expectation of being elite. But again, we have no idea there. So we can't we can't put him in any category yet. The Bucks have Rashad White, who got 50 passes as a rookie, but that team is a mess running the ball. White only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. Alvin Kamara, again, you could have argued at one time he was elite in terms of pass catching. Um, but his last two years, he's he's really regressing running the ball. He's averaged 3.7 yards per carry and four yards per carry the last two seasons. And his catches have gone from 80 plus in his first four years down to 47 and 57. So the Saints drafted Keandre Miller, and they brought in Jamal Williams, who had a really fluky year scoring 17 touchdowns for the Lions. I don't think that's ever going to happen for him again. But with Kamara on the downside, nobody there I would put in the Christian McCaffrey category. Carolina, Miles Sanders comes over from Philly. He had a really good season last year. Um, He gained 1,100 yards and had 11 rushing TDs after not scoring for rushing TD at all the previous season. A lot of that, I think, benefits from playing in Philly. They have a terrific offensive line. They have Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's a good back, but nothing special. Not Christian McCaffrey. Philadelphia looks like they may be able to combine to be a really good back with DeAndre Swift, who's a good receiver, and Rashad Penny, who only played 15 total games the last two years, but averaged 6.3 and 6.1 yards per carry. They're both really good backs who have had injury issues. You put them together, <laughs> maybe they didn't stay on the field. Maybe they would be elite, but individually, no, they're not on. Christian McCaffrey's level. Cowboys. Tony Pollard is a name that I'm starting to wonder is going to hit in that elite category this year. He was awesome last year. 5.2 yards per carry. and He broke 1,000 yards with less than 200 carries. He caught 39 balls and he scored 12 touchdowns. And that was with a washed up Ezekiel Elliott still taking 248 total touches away from him. Um, And I think you saw in the divisional round with the Niners how much he meant to the Cowboys because when he went out of that lineup, the Cowboys' offense did not look the same. Now, do we know if Pollard's elite and on the McCaffrey level? No, because he's got to do it more than one year. But I'll put him in that question maybe category because he might be able to get there. The Washington Commanders, uh, they have two, I guess, average got average-ish guys, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. It's tough to judge Robinson because dude got shot last year, and he came back and still had a decent season. So, but he again, he doesn't look like like a super elite guy. Uh, New York Giants. Squan Barkley is interesting because he hasn't had much around him, but he's kind of been a disappointment when you consider he's been the number two overall pick. He was amazing last year; he had thirteen hundred yards, um, over fifteen, over fifty catches to help carry the Giants' offense to the playoffs. That didn't have much around him. it; wasn't very good. But the previous three years were disappointments from two thousand and nineteen to two thousand twenty-one. He missed twenty-one games, and he had to leave other ones with injuries. So. I mean, is he elite runner when he's healthy? I guess he's elite-ish. I'm going to have him kind of in the middle right now. i got to think about that one. Going over to the NFC West, James Conner might be the most boring, I guess, productive back in the league. He scores TDs when he's healthy, but 3.7 yards per carry. He's not elite. Rams, Cam Akers finished the season really strong with three straight 100-yard games, and he, he should produce in McVay's system, but it is what it is. I think he's a system thing. Um, I don't think he transcends that system by any stretch of the imagination. In Seattle, Kenneth Walker looked like he was going to be a good runner, but they drafted uh, Zach Charbonnet because maybe they had some issues with Walker. And When you look at his metrics, um, which Seattle maybe they obviously did, according to Football Outsiders, Walker's DVOA ranked 38th out of 42. And his success rate was 41st. And that's the con- success rate is your consistency based on down and distance. And he was down at the bottom of the league. So when you look at it, the only guys that I would say are really in McCaffrey's level, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, maybe Saquon, maybe talent-wise, if you can stay on the field. But the three other dudes, Eckler, Henry, Chubb. TMC. The, those are probably the best for all-around running backs in the league. If you think I missed anybody, if you think I'm wrong, if you think Jonathan Taylor should be in there, um, maybe Tony Pollard, You know, feel free to let me know. But if I missed anybody, I don't think I missed anybody. Um, but I, I think those are the dudes, man. So the Niners have this guy, this running back, who is one of the best in the league, who I think transcends – even Kyle Shanahan's system, I, I I think he makes that system even better. So to have that dude, it's it's really special. And it's really going to be something special to watch him this year. So I hope that puts into perspective just how good McCaffrey is and how much we should appreciate him being on the 49ers. And hopefully he could stay at this peak. Hopefully he's got three years left. I don't know. You know, he's getting into his late 20s now. But I would think he's at least got two at this level of, of playing this well. All right. One other thing I wanted to talk about. I put out a tweet over the weekend that talked about that the 49ers have not had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards since Jeff Garcia. Um, And that was way back in 2000. Since then, there have been 170 individual seasons with a QB throwing for 4,000 or more yards. So 170 individual seasons, that means like if Tom Brady did it nine times or whatever it was, that nine is included in that 170. 170. in seventy seasons, that is absolutely insane. And the 49ers have not had a Pro Bowl QB since Garcia in 2000, 2002 And the only other team to not have a Pro Bowl quarterback in that time frame, I believe, is the Dolphins. Even though it was weird last year with Tua, because Tua got voted in, and then he had a he was in the concussion protocol, so maybe he would have been an ult. So I guess you could maybe say Tua was a Pro Bowler. But the Niners have not had one. They had one, and I'm pretty sure they're the only the only other team, unless you count the Dolphins, to do that. So when you say, like, oh, who cares about the Pro Bowl? Everybody makes it. Exactly. And the Niners haven't had a, a quarterback do that. So why haven't the 49ers had a quarterback make a Pro Bowl or throw for 4,000 yards? To me, it's this simple. They don't have guys who stay on the field going back all the way to Garcia. So when you go back to 2000, the year 2003, they've only had a quarterback play every game five times. It was 2006 with Alex Smith, 2011 with Alex Smith. 2013 and 2014 with Colin Kaepernick and 2019 with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, in those seasons, none of them had more than 478 attempts. Um, and I went back and looked at the last non, the last 16 game non-COVID season because now attempts may be a little skewed because you have the extra game in the last couple of years. But if you go back to 2019, 18 quarterbacks in the league hit more than 478 attempts that year. So the years that the Niners had. Quarterbacks that played the whole year, they were a running team. They had QBs that they maybe didn't want to throw a lot. So that's one of the reasons that if you don't throw a lot, you're not going to get those numbers. You're not going to be a Pro Bowl. Now, Garoppolo came really close. He was like 22 yards from 4,000 in 2019. He, you know, he, had a, he had a pretty good statistical season that year. But that just is, that tells you the issue with the 49ers right there. If you, what's been the issue with the 49ers? It is finding a quarterback and also having a quarterback that can stay on the field. So when you look at just Kyle Shanahan's years alone, he's had seven different QBs start for him 15 times. And that's not even including that Josh Johnson had to come in to the NFC championship game. So what does that mean? So the seven different quarterbacks were CJ Beathard, Brian Hoyer, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, uh, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. And then was Josh Johnson the seventh? Yeah, I think so. So, He has not been able to have a quarterback stay healthy ever. And you look at 2017, he had three different quarterbacks start for him. Bethard started five games, Hoyer six, Garoppolo five. 2018, Bethard five games, Mullins eight, Jimmy Garoppolo three. 2019, Garoppolo starts the whole season. 2020, Garoppolo six, Bethard two, Mullins eight. 2021, Garoppolo 15, Trey Lance two. 2022, Garoppolo 10, Trey Lance two. Purdy five during the regular season. You cannot be successful having three quarterbacks start for you every year. I don't care who they are. I don't care how much you insulate yourself. Brock Purdy was a fluke thing. And I, I'm not saying the year was a fluke. I still think he's going to be really good. But, but you typically don't have a third QB come in and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. We just found our guy. That almost never happened. So they got really lucky with that. You can't win with CJ Beathards. You can't win with Nick Mullins. Not starting that many games. You, you just can't do it, and and that's been the thing with the Niners and why they haven't been able to have a Pro Bowl quarterback because they haven't had quarterbacks on the field. They haven't been able to have guys be consistent, and it's crazy when you look at some of these guys, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, go, Matt, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen. Go look at these guys never miss games. They may have one season where they miss a few or one season where they're hurt, but they play like most of a decade. If you if you seriously go and look at all of these guys, go do a pro football reference and think of quarterbacks who have been starting for a while. They never miss games. And then you go to the Niners and it's like, oh, are they going to need four quarterbacks this year? I mentioned it, I think it might've been the last show. I was watching Good Morning Football, which I love. We love NFL Network. But they were talking about, you know, hey, the Niners may need all four of these quarterbacks this year. And I thought to myself, what other team do we think about like this? Nobody's looking at the Bills and saying, oh, well, they better make sure they have three other guys other than Josh Allen. Like, nobody's saying that. When you have your franchise guy, like, that's your guy. And for the Niners, that they haven't done that, it's just been crazy. And when you look at the years um, that the Niners, so when they've had the QB start, well, let's look at years they've had a QB start 15-plus games because Garoppolo did start 15-plus in 2021. And I think that's a pretty good number because 15, you're only missing one or two you. Deal with that it's only been six out of the last 20 years and there's 63 and 34 in those seasons not not a coincidence that you're winning more than you're losing <laughs> when your quarterback stays on the field and in the 14 years where they had uh, 13 starts or less they're 86 138 and one not a coincidence that you lose when quarterbacks don't stay on the field now they're only winning seasons where they've kind of played in I don't want to say musical chairs, but where they've had multiple QBs. 2022, they they did play musical chairs, and they still had 13. And, they were still were 13 and four. And the other year was 2012, where an injury forced Alex Smith out, and then Kaepernick came in, and they were obviously really good that year. But that was that was a season. I guess I guess those two seasons are similar, where you had an injury, and then you had a young quarterback come in who was better than the starter in at least that season in a lot of ways, and it helped to make the team better. And those were two kind of fluky years to happen. In the other years, you know, you're not going to win when, when Troy Smith is starting games for you. You're not going to win when, oh, I guess they did win with Sean Hill. Sean Hill was actually 10-6 a starter, but he's not a long-term answer. JT O'Sullivan and Sean Hill starting eight games apiece. Trent Dilfer starting six games for you. Um, going to Chris Wenke on the last game of the season, which actually happened in 2007. I don't know if some of you guys have put that out of your brain or not not going to win that way. You're just, you're not going to win with Brian Hoyer and CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. It's just not, you need some kind of talent at the quarterback position. So this season, can they have a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards? Can they have a quarterback make a Pro Bowl? Well, I think if Brock Purdy stays healthy and he can play 15 games, I think that's going to happen. If you look at Purdy's numbers last year, if you put that over a 17 game season, it projects to 300, three hundred, three thousand nine hundred and thirty-nine yards, so he'd be around four thousand. And you think he'll throw more in his second season? So I, I think he can eclipse four thousand this year. And he would have thrown thirty-four touchdown passes, to only seven interceptions. That's that is pretty damn good. So I would say, without a doubt, when, you know, here's another great stat. When you look at Purdy's TD percentage, it was seven point six um, for a minimum of seven games. The only 49ers quarterbacks who had either an equal or better T D percentage. Montana was 7.8 in 1987. And Steve Young was 7.6 in 1994. That is pretty damn good company. So my official prediction, you're hearing it. If you hear from me, I'm going to predict it. If Brock Purdy plays at least 15 games, I think he will be in the, I, I, I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl. I think he will. And if he plays a full season, he's going to break that 4,000 yards. He's going to make a Pro Bowl. And the Niners, I think are going to be in really great shape. So we'll see. But that's, that, that should tell you everything you need to know. When you look at those numbers and you put them out there, and I do that a lot on Twitter, like I'll, I'll throw numbers out there, and I know what I think of the numbers, but I like to throw it out there to see what, what the readers think and what the listeners think. When you see that the 49ers haven't done that, well, why do you think that? Is it because they haven't had good quarterbacks? Those quarterbacks haven't stayed on the field? I like to throw things like that, like that out there and then like, have people think about it. And be like, well, Why is that? Read read a little bit because stats don't mean everything. Sometimes you have to read past those and see, like, why you know why is that? So I like to do that and see and see what people think. And um, a lot of you know a lot of people kind of chimed in on it. And it's I think people understand <laughs> we've been through it the last twenty years with the quarterback position. We want to see some stability there. We want to see whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, wh- whoever. I don't care. I just want to see a quarterback that's going to start here. And, and be consistent and be on the field. For as much as people make fun of Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is always on the field. He doesn't miss any snaps. He's really durable. And that's what the Niners need, a guy who's going to be durable and just be out there for the next five to ten years and help this team, hopefully, hopefully, give another Lombardi. All right, that's all I got, guys. Thanks for listening. Niners two, three! Ah!